This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 304, and tonight it's actually a very special occasion. And can you believe I did not see it coming? Halloween, I knew it was coming. Thanksgiving, it's not here yet. I know it's coming. Election Day, well, we all know that's been coming for a really long time, and it's. It's been like kind of a big deal. And and maybe, just maybe, if you just go with me for a second here, just maybe my mind has been a little bit preoccupied with that particular occasion that I didn't really focus on anything past that particular occasion because I was finding it difficult to envisioning anything happening after that particular occasion. If you get my drift, Armageddon, that's what I mean. And so therefore, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, it is clearly that it's just the constant fear of Armageddon hanging over my head. You know, the world just hanging on the brinks of an apocalypse for God knows how long. That is the only possible reason that I did not notice that this Friday, this Friday is not just any other Friday. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, it's uh, Friday the 13th. And you know what that means? Around here at Scream Queen's headquarters. Yep, yep, I heard that from the back row. Someone out there in the peanut gallery said it. That's right, kids. It is time for another Friday the 13th Spectacular! It's Friday the 13th once again, hurrah! Hurrah! It's Friday the 13th once again. Hurrah! Hurrah! The deaths will be spectacular. You'll marvel at my vernacular, cause it's Friday. <laughs> what? Why are you all staring at me like that? <laughs> okay, look! You're trying to put on this stupid party! With no help! Without using any copyrighted music and see how well you do every goddamn year. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could just call me foolish. I just thought that, I don't know, maybe since we're in the middle of a global pandemic and I would just survive the most traumatic election experience imaginable. I thought that maybe, maybe people would be a little more lenient. Maybe they'd be just grateful that I remembered they were supposed to have the party and all. And maybe... They cut the old queen some slack and let him have some World War I on pop-pop music if it makes him happy. But now, okay, fine, fine. But fine. We'll play it your way. Whether you like it or not. And scene. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hi. Hi, my name is Patrick Walsh, and I am the host of this podcast, and I was just playing the role of a crazy person, just for entertainment, shits and giggles, because that's the kind of shit that goes on on Friday the 13th. Had I been an actual crazy person, I would have said something like, normally... Twice a month for the past 11 years, I'm your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. And that would be a very crazy thing for me to say tonight because we're not even talking about a movie. We're going to be talking about a TV show. We're going to be talking about the Canadian series Friday the 13th, the series, which has nothing to do with the movies, in theory. But... Traditions have to be kept. Now, those, I know, I know, I know you people, you new people are just baffled. Like, okay, the person was crazy. Now, they're not crazy, but they are crazy. And I don't know what's going on. Trust me, nobody does. There's like three people out there who get this. But trust me, just sit down. I'll get, let me get it out. I'll be over with quick. Way, way back when I started this show. And Friday the 13th rolled around on the calendar. I said, this would be a very good time to review the original Friday the 13th film. Now, being a very old queen like I am, that means I've seen all of the Friday the 13th movies in the theater during their original theatrical run. Whether I was age-appropriate for that or not is a whole other discussion, which we've already had. Every time another Friday the 13th popped up on the calendar, I would review the next film in the series. And I wouldn't just talk about the movie itself, but I talk about whatever weird shit went on when a nine-year-old sneaks into an R-rated movie that he's way too young for and brings a whole bunch of friends with him. And the kind of lasting trauma that I could have on a family in a neighborhood and a kid's psyche, well, that was all up for your entertainment every time Friday the 13th came around. And you know what? It got pretty spectacular. It was so spectacular we couldn't pronounce it right. That's how spectacular it was. But you would think, gosh, there's an awful lot of Friday the 13th movies, right? You could talk about them forever. <laughs> That's a funny thing. You'd be wrong. No, I've been doing this show for so goddamn long, I ran out of movies ages ago. Ages ago. But the Friday the 13th spectacular had become such a tradition and apparently loved by you weirdo listeners. That it was just, I couldn't just let it go. I have to keep it alive somehow. So normally what we do is when Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, we'll pick a movie that is somehow tied to either the actors or the people on the creative teams of any of the Friday the 13th franchise movies. It's like thousands of people. We should be able to find something. We might talk about a movie directed by Sean Cunningham or, I don't know, something with Kane Hodder perhaps. But that is how we keep the Friday the 13th tradition alive. And that's what we would have done had I not forgotten that Friday the 13th is coming up on the calendar. Fortunately, I have this show in the back. <laughs> because, as many of you know, this podcast episode that you're being treated to tonight is normally behind the Patreon paywall. Ooh, it's for my Super Screamer subscribers who give a little extra cash each month to help keep the show going. And in return, they get things like episodes of Damn You, Uncle Lewis, this Friday the 13th. The series, exclusive podcast, that is hosted by myself and Trading and my Murphy. But tonight, you're getting it for free. And not just because I screwed up, because it's, 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 it's I was going to plan, I was planning on doing this anyway, just not this way. But okay, just, you get lemons, you make lemonade. By the way, there's no lemonade because I couldn't go shopping for, I couldn't go shop. I didn't have the time to go shopping for drinks and snacks for this party either. Stop yelling at me. Do you want the crazy guy to come back? 
Do you want the crazy guy to come back? I thought not. Okay. So this particular episode of Damn You, Uncle Lewis is covering the second episode of Friday the 13th, the series, which was called The Poison Pen. And if you're not familiar with the show or if you haven't caught this particular episode, you're a little rusty on the goings-on at Curious Goods. Fortunately for you, the episode is available in its entirety on YouTube. So maybe you want to take a little pause right now and go watch the, and go watch the episode and then come back and play with us. I just broke my mouse. Yay. It's okay. We've got nothing else to do but just sit here and wait for you to catch up with the rest of us. It's fine. We don't mind. This party's already a disaster anyway. So go, go, go. Watch Friday the 13th of the series. Get re-familiar yourself with the fabulous world of Ruby and the dangerous world of cursed antiques. And when you're ready, come back. Hit the play button on your listening device and we are off to my very curious curio shop. But first... A word of warning. My very curious curio shop isn't the safest of workspaces. It is no fault of the store itself. And if any harm should come to you or to anyone you might have been foolish enough to bring with you, please be aware that anything bad that happened is Uncle Lewis's fault. Not mine, not Maya's, not Trey's, not yours. Because you see, what you're about to learn is that sometimes Uncle Lewis does dreadful things. And he's been doing them again. Damn you, Uncle Lewis! Hello, hello again, dear patron. Welcome, do come in. Do come in out of the rain and the cold. Welcome once again to my most unusual curio shop. I am Patrick Walsh. Thank you for joining me again in my emporium dedicated to the weird, the unusual, and the downright fabulous. Now I know why you're here. The 13th has come again on the calendar, which means it's time. It's time once again for us to gather and discuss Uncle Lewis. Yes, he left us this shop. He left us everything in it. On the surface, he was a very good man, but sometimes Uncle Lewis does dreadful things, and we need to discuss what he's done this month. Yes, this is the podcast that is dedicated to Friday the 13th, the series, where once a month, every month, we go through the next episode chronologically through Friday the 13th, the television series, and we are up to season one, episode two, The Poison Pen. And as always, I am joined by my fellow shopkeepers and enthusiasts of the weird, unusual, and fabulous, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Maya Murphy and Trading. Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, I was doing great until Uncle Lewis got up to his tricks again. My goodness. That keeps everyone busy. Not even stationary is safe. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think stationary would be so mundane, so dry, and yet here we are. By definition, it should be stationary. Stay in one place, do nothing. But no, 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 no. Bring in doom and... The devil ruins everything. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Okay, so... 
Who wants to give a quickie little ep- uh, summary of what goes on this episode? Who did it last time? Oh, I don't remember. I think you asked us both to do it, and neither of us were great. <laughs> uh, so I think Maya just volunteered. I think yeah, I, got, I got my finger on my nose, and we can't see what Trey's doing. So <laughs> You can't see me. I can't hide. I have nowhere to go. All right. Nope, nope, um, nope, nope. There, uh, the, the title. I of, learned that trick from you, by the way. <laughs> hiding? The nose game. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I taught that to my parents. I was very proud. Okay, so one of the cursed objects that has been sold is a pin that can make only evil things happen. And it has been used to murder several monks. Monks only? Regular people? I think just monks? No, 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 actually, they say before, they say the orc. Well, whoever's using this, whoever is using this pen is causing quite a sensation because now he's like a tabloid headline. The Oracle of Death predicts another disaster and he's predicted an earthquake and some other disaster and a fire and a plane crash. So it's been stuff outside of the monastery, but now all of a sudden the focus is going inward. It's this monk in seclusion that's got the pen predicting disasters all around, and now all of a sudden all the deaths keep getting closer and closer to home. And that's because the budget was low, so you could just film on one set. But what a set! It was a great set, I gotta say. I love the monastery set. The set was good. Yeah. I mean, set it was nice, it was dark, I, I, it was moody, it was everything I want. It didn't look... I mean, granted, I there were ridiculous additions to in the real world allowed to use electricity, though. Like, these were some weird, like, Amish monks. Like, things were odd. Things. This was yeah, a different they, monastery. Yeah, well, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you do not understand the comings and goings of the Eternal Brotherhood. They don't allow women, so I just, I'd have a hard time learning, I guess. I'm sorry, the Eternal Brotherhood sounds like a group, like a musical group. Ladies and gentlemen, the Eternal Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. They do have a lot of trees to pick up. And all the songs about their dicks and stuff would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bunch of bros talking about our dicks. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. It's enough to catch the attention of our of our friends down in Curious Goods because uh, Mickey uh, Ryan's going on. He's oh, the Oracle of Death has predicted another death. Did you get a load of this Oracle of Death? This monk he claims to be able to predict uh, people's deaths. That's ridiculous. Not for people lying in the ground, it ain't. No, no, he's already predicted a fire, um, uh, an airplane crash, and the deaths of eight people. Nobody can predict the future. How can you predict that? The, uh, he predicted the death of the abbot of the order that he's in. And when Jack looks at the newspaper article, he's like, I recognize that pen. I wrote that down. It's like a black and white photo. And he's like, that pen. I know that quill. I know that quill. Like, oh, oh, oh sure you do, but all right. Oh, my goodness, no. A pen. What? He's using a quill pen. A pen? Don't most monks use quill pens? But not that particular pen. I picked that one up in Tierra del Fuego. It's made from a tail feather from a giant Chilean condor. They're the worst kind. Lewis loved that. He said he got a handsome price for it, too. Pens, 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 pens. But, ah, here we are. Quill pen set in silver. Number 46295. Sold to one Rupert Selden. I plucked that bird myself. That, you know, that's Jack. That's Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it was a Peruvian condor, the worst kind of condor. Like, don't be judging birds. Jack's oh. pretending like he's interesting. Oh, he's trying so hard. <laughs> well, he can't compete with the hair. Can't no, he can't compete with the hair, but he, he gets a fighting chance this episode because we hide the hair. Yeah. We do hide the hair because mm-hmm. surprising mm-hmm. choices. There were some, some surprising choices for the second episode that right away they're going deep undercover. 
Mickey They're and going, Ryan have to go undercover at the monastery, which means what? Okay, so they make these bogus choices. <laughs> They're like, not only are we going to pass you both off as men, but you definitely came from England for reasons. No one tries to do an accent. They're supposed to be from Yorkshire, which granted is a difficult accent, but she doesn't pass for a man, not for a hot second. And, 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 oh, they do such a bat. Like I wrote down in my notes, that is not how you bind. Like he's wrapping her in ace bandage, but she's still got this like tiny little eighties boobies frame. And I'm like, that's not, you are not helping. Well, with the hood on, she looks like Tilda Swinton at times. Yes, yes. She did look like Tilda Swinton at times, which is not a bad, oh, the cheekbones. Yes. She, Mm. uh, those cheekbones were a giveaway. Hey, hey, you don't have to put on your robe just yet. Yes, I do. I look terrible. No, no, you don't. You're the cutest boy I've ever seen. The best built, too. Stop. This had this this episode had a high incest quotient. Stop hitting on your cousin, and then I started making tick marks every time he did it again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he wants her. What I enjoyed this one, we open at the monastery and they're having this meeting and they're discussing selling the monastery. And the abbot is saying, absolutely not, no way. We're not in this for the money. We don't need the money. We need this for the monks for doing God's work here. We're not selling, period. End of story. Next scene, you see somebody scribbling with the poison pen, like elaborate calligraphy and scary whispers. Brother Capilano has always marveled at the miracle of flight. And as he watches his engine take flight, he dreams of flying himself. But Oh, yeah, I'm doing this, like, total Asmir version of sometimes he will take flight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, totally Asmir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was effective, though. It was effective. And he wasn't just writing it down. He was doing calligraphy with, like, the first letter in a little box and very elaborate. Oh, uh, fully illuminated, but then also, like, they close the book right after they finish writing. I'm like, no, you have to let the ink dry. You've obviously never done this before. Well, clearly you've never written with a cursed pen before. Oh, you don't need a blotter with a devil pen. The ink doesn't have to dry. Oh, it's an upside. That. And the calligraphy mm. just happens. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just a handwriting trait, which is going to come up again later. But also, I want to bring up, if we're talking about the meeting at the very beginning with the abbot and the other monks, uh, they say, oh, well, surely it's not what our founder would have wanted. They gesture to this painting of a monk taking something away from a Native American, and they never come back to that as a plot point. And I'm just like, why is there an Indian in the painting? Do you want to? That seems like a choice. Well, this is my thing. Like we said, this is an order undeterminate to church undeterminate. But the person that they gestured to is distinctly a Capuchin monk. How does Catholic boy know this? How? Capuchin monks have that distinctive haircut that's like a ring around their head. By the way, that's why Cappuccino is called that, because it looks like a little Capuchin monk. If you do the foam correct, it sticks to the rim of the cup. Oh, etymology, you bastard. Yeah. This is a very educational episode. Things I learned in Rome. <laughs> Things I learned in Rome at the Capuchin Monastery. They're like, have you ever drunk one of a little me? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, a little cappuccino. You drink a cappuccino. It's like a bad, hey. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. But yeah, well, so the Patreon users are... But none of them have that, and yet they're they're handling animals like they're Franciscan, but they're clearly not because I've dealt with patron saint of vegetarians. I went to Assisi. Mm. There, thank you, thank you. I went to a Franciscan college, and they are all about love, peace, pet the animals. Here's all the information. Process it all. Make your own decisions, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be hanging over here smoking some doobies behind the. But yeah, they're very chill, <laughs> very chill. So this was totally not them either. But whatever. 
we're hearing the scary thing about how he always admired the miracle of life and wished it for himself, and now he's going to get a taste of it, but it's all going to go terribly wrong. While he's working with carrier pigeons. (laughs) Yeah, like carrier pigeons, which is a very Franciscan thing to do. But they say the monastery is in the middle of the city, so he's sending the carrier pigeons somewhere else locally in this city? I've, he has a pigeon coop. Maybe it's not carrier pigeons. It's just a no, pigeon he was t- he was affixing something to one of their little legs. It wasn't just a coop on the roof. There was a there was messages. And maybe maybe it was like an order to Subway. <laughs> please please send me a sandwich. I am so tired of brown rice. <laughs> so hungry. Because if he used the the pen to get uh, order some subs, and it would be like you know no mustard. Devil That's sub, yes. Devil sub, just like Homer Simpson. It would be an actual sub, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but we get to the self-flagellation later. There's a sub. He starts flying. He starts flying. He starts levitating in the air, and he's got his arms out, and he's got this look on his face like, I feel happy. I feel happy. I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> At last, God has granted me the thing I want, and then they cut to this stuntman who you can see rotate in the air to land on the pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, what are you gonna do? But no, he doesn't. He did, all of a sudden, it just drop. He just gets dropped like a rock off the side of the bell tower. on top of some occasional lawn furniture. And then he's like bleeding from his chest, furniture. but nowhere else when we find him on the ground. Like, I'm not really sure where the chest blood came from. And the blood from his mouth was going up. Gravity, It was whatever. going down I from don't... his mouth, which meant it was up because he was backwards. But whatever, whatever. It's a it's detail. Fine. detail. It's, he's dead now. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. The abbot's dead. And it's enough to get Mickey and Ryan's and, and Jack's attention. They send everybody undercover and disguise Mickey as a boy and to cover it up even more... Can we talk about how not chill Mickey is this entire episode? <laughs> oh, she's a total bitch. Well, I'm sorry, but sometimes when I find myself locked in a cell, in a monastery, pretending to be a boy, tracking down a cursed quill pen, the funny vibes out forever, though. I mean, she I... She's uptight. She's uptight, but also she has nowhere to, like, pee in peace. Like, I feel for her. Yeah, they have that scene where they're like, uh, so they find out, first of all, it's a big, they're getting led into the monastery and then you see some weird shit like I just watched it again before we started and there were things going on in the background in the yes. hallway in a couple of these scenes yes. we're going what's happening was that a little person I saw just kind of like toddling towards somebody oh, behind them I thought it was someone on his knees I thought it was someone on their knees I saw there's the monk who's whipping himself. Yeah, self-flagellation. Which went out with Vatican II, by the way. Nobody does that. And if you're going to do that, close your door. And the thing is, the guy who's leading them through, who I call Brother Louis Anderson. Oh, <laughs> oh I decided he was Dom de Louise when we recast yeah, him. Yeah, he's like all sweaty and stuff and weird and stuff. And Real bad hair. But he's giving them the tour. Oh, yeah. And they pass this room where there's this guy, brother shirtless, beating himself with, with, a, with a whip of ropes. And he's just like, hmm. Doesn't close the door. Nothing like that would have been. A, <laughs> no, no, like, he's virtue signaling. He wants everyone to know how he suffers. Yeah. Or he was just kind of looking at it, it like, "You cool with this? Just to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, you want some of this? You want this some is of where you come. Yeah. This, but also, this is the room for this kind of action. But if you want glory hole action, you got to go to the shower. But no, they get to the room. They have to share a room. Mickey's not chill about this at all. Oh my god, I can't believe we have to share a room. What you expect? It was going to be the fucking hell. Well, you have to share a room with your cousin. Big deal. It's one room. <laughs> 
What can I say? They think you're one of the boys. But the big thing is they ask, so where's the laboratories? And the guy's delighted to announce, Ah, uh, yes, the communal bathroom and showers are just down the corridor. It's the only fun the monks get to have. And I'm thinking, and wait, I'm like, a wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Communal toilets? What does that mean? <laughs> what, does, what does that mean? Oh, maybe it's like the ancient Roman style where it would just be like a bench with holes cut out to get down into the cesspit. One big bowl. <laughs> and you'll have to face in and watch each other. It's all there. <laughs> no. Oh, no. yeah. See everyone else's faces. That sounds good. Well, and there was like a, like a glory hole, like a little peephole where someone's looking in. I was like, mm-hmm. what, what's that for? Yeah, because Mickey does that. Yeah, to- it's communal, but there's also a peephole. Like, I don't know. That sounds Porkies? kind of voyeuristic and intentional. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. Totally poor oh, reference. But I was like, why is there a peephole? Why is it at crotch height? And why is it in a monastery? Never mind. I just answered my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you don't know whose dick it is, it's not a sin. <laughs> I don't. It could be Jesus's. I'm not sure about it that. It could be a miracle. It could be a miracle dick coming through the wall. You don't know. Miracle dick. <laughs> <laughs> but Mickey, in order to help cover that she's a girl, they also say that she's taken a vow of silence. Bitch cannot shut up <laughs> or stop yelling. She talks the entire episode when people are right around her. She's the opposite of Jill. <laughs> I mean, with them going undercover, I was hoping for like a Charlie's Angels type of episode, but she just ruined it. She was not having any fun. No, no. I want some wigs going on or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some wigs or the, I was wearing a latex mask the entire time. Yeah. Yes. Because you get that one guy with a mullet, so obviously their hair is, their hair coat is very, very lax. Oh, the hair care. was all over the place this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't learn that monk's name. He was just bad hair monk in my notes. Yeah, doesn't matter. I called him mullet. Doesn't matter. Mullet. That, yeah, yeah, but, that works. I, I liked I liked some of the sneaking around when Mickey wasn't complaining, when they were actually doing what they were supposed to do, which is go find this pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was very Laverne and Shirley, like, oh, no, hijinks. Yeah, very Laverne and Shirley, Scooby-Doo. Yes, well, oh, they know, they know that the the, the Oracle of Death is this Brother Curry who's in seclusion at this monastery. So they have to find Brother Curry. We want to talk to you about your pen. No, no, the quill pen. We know all about it. <laughs> oh. Great Brother Curry won't be able to be of much help. See, like Brother Simon, he too has taken a vow of silence. To get the pen. So they've been sneaking around trying to get access to him and things like that. So that's their goal. Oh, what what are their, their monk names? I wrote them down, but I can't Matthew remember. Matthew and Simon. Matt, Matthew and Simon. From the Yorkshire office. Office. Office? From the Yorkshire <laughs> office, but no one's going to do a Yorkshire accent because shit's hard. And also, when Jack was writing in the little, like, I guess, introductory message, he's like, it's a good thing I've got 14th century parchment. And I was like, okay. why... Vellum is, that? it's just goat skin. You, you don't, uh, why are they, you, okay, so, mm, I get so worked up about this technology. I don't understand why these monks are still using all this old stuff. I think God thinks it's okay if you use printer paper. Um, but, like, why would you have a 14th century technology for current invite? Like, none of this monastery rules made any sense to no, me. No, it's just what people think a monastery is going to be like. Again, broadest pen. Brought his pen, yeah. and they just walk up to the gate like, "Here's our, you know, here's our invitation." Like, oh, "Okay, great, come on in." Nobody calls. Nope. Yorkshire. Nope. They can't to, call because they're not allowed to have a phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why the guy had the carrier pigeon early oh, on. Oh, okay, there yeah, we go. Oh, but He's later so... in the episode, I think we mentioned a telegram. Yes, they get a telegram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Regarding the real Matthew so, and Simon, who meet unfortunate yeah. ends. 
So well, telegrams I want to talk about sinful. that later. I got to talk about that, too. <laughs> There's lots of problems here. But it's, it's all fun. It's all fun. One of the things that I thought was off about the monastery is, like, there's no chapel. Mm. Like, there should be Ooh, a chapel. Is that not they, where we were? Where was the meditation? It was this when weird we fire pit. Scene. It's this weird fire pit, which is super pagan. And there was some, like, quasi-Gregorian chant going on. Uh-huh, there's that happening. But it also, like, there's one point, is everybody being reverent, and there's one guy who's just, like, eating Cheetos out of a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what is he doing? You're eating? That's like eating in church. With it. This is your chapel? Like, I'm assuming this is your what you're substituting is the chapel. This is your point of focus for your monastery, and you're just eating Cheetos, looking at yourself. Sacred fire, whatever. I loved it. <laughs> it's like God wanted know. him to have Cheetos. <laughs> whatever it was, he was yeah, something out important. of a plastic bag. That made me happy. I One like, of I my favorite parts is when they're they're out in the fields and they're being forced to work, and Mickey's bitching. Yeah, and of course. She's very upset. One of the other brothers runs by. One of the older, like really old ones, because the Oracle of Death has made another prediction that the abbot is going to choke to death tonight. The Oracle of Death has made another pronouncement. What is it this time? The abbot is going to die today. He's going to choke to death. That's impossible. You don't even have an abbot. Good point. Perhaps then our concern has been misplaced. But he's running and he's got his skirts hiked up past his knees. Like a Disney stepsister. Like a Disney stepsister. And it made me so happy. Like, his legs are all buckled because he's old. I'm like, this is the most <laughs> adorable thing I've ever seen. He doesn't want to trip. He's just so hype. And he's old. He could die. I mean, he could just shatter. <laughs> well, he will die. He will die. But, you know, Mickey's like, uh, Ryan's like, well, hey, what's the problem? With the, you guys don't have an abbot. You don't have a new abbot. There is no abbot. The abbot's dead. You haven't picked a new abbot. Problem he's solved. He's like, oh, well, that's a relief. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh-huh. I did enjoy his Ebenezer Scrooge pajamas. Oh, those oh, were crazy. With the hat? Yeah, and then like he had the step stool for the bed, but he didn't need it. He kept swinging his feet around to the bed and he could like touch the floor with his feet. It was like your set dresser tried so hard. <laughs> a dressing gown and a nightcap. Hey, that guy like he's like, I got so gams and I'm gonna show them off. I hacked up my skirts yeah, before, I'm gonna show them off in this scene. I've only got two <laughs> scenes, I'm gonna show off my damn legs. They're my, my selling point, they always have been. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, eat your heart out, Betty Grable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he, he gets promoted by letter to be abbot. Yeah, There's like no just formal before, as he's going he to bed, a letter. As he's going to bed, he gets a memo. Oh, by the way, you're the abbot. Oh, by the way. And he's like, good night, self-abbot. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, wait. But it's too late. And then his canopy bed turns into this, like, collapsing tower of terror thing to get him. And he's trying to tear through all these membrane bits of bed to not choke to death and it's bizarre uh-huh uh-huh and they, like the sheets are holding him in place and i had i actually uh when uh, we used to have a housekeeper whenever she she came in once a week whenever she did beds it was like that you would get on and you couldn't move <laughs> just like the death trap of sheets so like <laughs> that would have been me had clara clara oh, would have yeah. killed me that way oh and then gotcha. we have canopy bed come down and smoosh smoosh <laughs> see oracle of death no canopy is supposed to fit like this it's but, fine the whole thing, we're also having to deal with Brother LaCroix. Why is it you were found sneaking around looking for Brother Curry the other evening? Brother LaCroix, we just want to see him in person. That will be quite impossible. Brother Curry is a troubled man. His gift is his burden and his agony, and he'd just as soon be left alone with it. That's why he's in seclusion. In future, you will keep your mind on your devotions. LaCroix. Can we get three snaps for Brother LaCroix? 
<laughs> Girl. <laughs> Girl. I really got a kick out of this actor. Colin, Colin Fox, I think his name is. I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, Colin Fox. Well, every got- single line he had, he managed to get in this, like, sinister chuckle. <laughs> sinister uh, chuckle and also well. just, like, just a little bit of bitch. Just a little bit yeah, of old-school like, Hollywood like, Joan Crawford bitch in every single one of the, his lines. The queer-coded villain, the, like, Scar. Like, <laughs> well. If you can't tell who the villain is in this episode, I'm going to say every line like Bill's. <laughs> <laughs> But it, to- but it totally works. I love that his name is LaCroix. So, of course, now I'm calling her brother Baby Spew LaCroix. Not, not LaCroix. LaCroix, Baby Spew, LaCroix, Baby Spew. <laughs> I got the reference. Thank you, Trey. Thank you. Thank you. I know that reference. They, they, they figured out that the pen was sold to Rupert Selden, who was some businessman who's been accused of killing his business partner and then disappeared. So they don't know no, how to be honest. They don't know how the pen got from this guy to uh, brother to the monastery. Brother Curry. Brother this Tim Curry. This whole thing got me confused. <laughs> I just gave up halfway through trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, this is way too convoluted. No, no. no, 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 no it all tracks. Brother <laughs> Tim. I made a chart because it was weird. <laughs> brother Tim Curry has a pen, but he, apparently he's an associate. Uh, it turns out that Brother LaCroix is actually Rupert Selden. He killed some guy and they went into hiding. And they, they made off of this so, money yeah, that they can't Rupert spend it. And uh, Brother Curry was actually some guy named Frank. Those brothers from Yorkshire, they know about the pen. Do they? Then we will have to write up another epitaph. No! We must stop. Too many innocent people have died already. Don't disappoint me, Frank. We made a deal. If it wasn't for me, you'd be behind bars right now. This is better than jail. Cooked up here. Day in, day out. No one to talk to. Knowing that every time you write in that diary, someone else is going to die. And they they had a book deal, <laughs> and he agreed to be locked up in the monastery for a half a million dollar book deal. Can't keep torturing me like this. I wouldn't call splitting a half million dollar advance in the Oracle's life story exactly torture. I don't care about the money anymore. I care about the money. And this is the eighties, right? Dollar so advance. half a million is a dollar advance. Tiny sum. Uh huh. Uh huh. And my thing, if, if you have a pin that lets you kill people, this is what you come up with? This is right? your grand plan? Oh, I also wrote down LaCroix in that, in that scene has an evil cigar. Back to your point, if you said if you couldn't figure out who the bad guy is, he's the one lighting a cigar and laughing about other people's deaths. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his ultimate, game, his ultimate game is to become the abbot so he can sell the monastery for $10 million and make off with that money as well. Oh, yes. So that's what the whole game is. But did you recognize Brother Curry? This is a no. deep cut. This is a deep cut for horror, for Canadian horror fans. Brother Curry was Mayor Hannigan for My Bloody Valentine. Huh. The original. Did not know that. Not again. It can't be happening again. It just can't be happening again. <laughs> He was also he was also in Killer Workout, also known as Aerobicide, which is another horrible, 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 horrible movie. <laughs> Amazing! I'll have to keep an eye out. Oh, that one's dreadful. Not to be confused with Death Spot. <laughs> You're gonna have to make me a chart. I'm already lost. <laughs> but no, he's a, he's a, he's a, he did, did tons of Canadian horror, and it was uh, it, it was I was happy to when I finally recognized. I know I know that face. I know I know that face. I know I know that face. 
But yeah, so he's he's being kept in seclusion. He's supposedly doing all the writing, but he's not. It's actually Brother Lacroix who's doing all the writing and yeah, pinning it on him. they're blaming Brother Curry for all of it, so he can't trace the actions directly to Lacroix. Lacroix see, now I'm confused. Lacroix mm. slash Rupert. See, this just made no sense to me. I was just, I was, I didn't get any of it in terms of why they're doing it this way. Yeah, I did. It didn't make a lot of sense even when I got it right, so I don't blame you. But fortunately, into all you know, they're not, they're not, you know, another another brother has been killed, and oh no, now Jack has to step in, and he shows up as Brother Lucky Charms. Brother Jack, where from? The Emerald Isle, my boy, Ireland itself. I think that's a fine-looking crop of burgundy grapes you got there. I predict you're going to have a, a vintage year. Not that we know an awful lot about it where I come from. You know, we prefer something that uh, put a little more hair on your chest and take the lighting out of your throat. I'll leave you to it, brother. Ah, thank you. Bless your brother uh, here, darling man. Darling man. But Jack does an accent. Jack made an effort. At least someone was doing an accent and trying to pass as from somewhere else. For no reason. For no reason. There was no reason for anybody to be doing accents, to be really honest. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're supposed to be from, I don't know, maybe he got to Yorkshire from Ireland. But yeah, he, he was Brother Lucky Charms, definitely. But he's made it, he's, he's found a photo of the pen. He found, like, the guy, because he actually bought the pen before it was cursed and gave it to Uncle Lewis. So he tracked down the guy he got it from, so he got a diagram of it, so he's made a copy of it. So the plan is to swap out the fake pen for the cursed pen. Yeah, we can do a switcheroo. When they find it. Because they'll notice if we try to steal their object, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, why do the switcher just take the object and leave? Like, what are they going to do? Because then we don't get Father Lucky Charms. We don't get Father okay. Lucky Charms. That's too easy. Yeah. That's yeah. too easy. That's true. We need Father <laughs> Lucky Charms. It was like Bosley coming in to help the angels. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. right. Because, like, these two are hopeless. They're hopeless. Hopeless. They are. Mickey can't stop bitching, and Ryan just, just can't stop he doesn't hitting do on his cousin. to do. And if you think I'm taking a communal shower, you've got another think coming. One can hope, can't one? What could have been worse? How? Could have only been one bit. <laughs> he, all he does is hit on it. He's like, oh, wow, you're a pretty boy. And she's like, get your hands off Get me. your hands off me. We're related. <laughs> He's like, it could be worse. There could be only one bed. <laughs> Stop oh, it. So gross. So gross. Stop. Stop it. Don't and we need to talk about the dungeon. We do need to talk about the dungeon. That Why is dungeon. there a guillotine? Why is it a very well-lit guillotine in the middle of the room? Who and left a this out? Put your toys away. And a skeleton. And a skeleton. An actual skeleton? dead person in it. I mean, some of this track, because I mean, I know like certain things with monasteries are like if you go to Rome, there's like churches where the altar is built with the bones of its former yeah. monks. Or you go down into the basement and they just have for display, yeah. like, uh, bones of several people who are important to the church. However, so, like, I kind of get... Some of that. A torture chamber seems really specific. Since that, for me, I would say I could see if we had that, if this particular order has been running since the time of the Spanish Inquisition. The guillotine is not for torture. The guillotine was invented for a quick and painless death. Thank you. I know that. But there were other things in there that were torturous. There were those cages and stuff. I'm like, let's get all this stuff. Yes. But okay, we got the quick and painless death for the French Revolution, which didn't happen in Canada. (laughs) Nor did the Spanish Inquisition. Why do you have this stuff? Well, they had a Why is it lit? Like it. Why are there 500 candles in here lit all the time? Who's coming in here and lighting the torture chamber every day? Well, uh, maybe it's like a roommate chart wheel. Like, okay, well, it's Brother Francisco's turn to uh, light all the candles in the guillotine room just in case we need my it. My turn to put the shoes on the carrier pigeons. <laughs> Your turn to light the candles in the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brother Lacroix is getting suspicious. I think some, some oh, oh, he has to turn the oh, table. Oh, he has the fight with, um, with uh, Curry, with Frank. So then he decides to get rid of Brother Curry, right? Some of God's chosen ones are tormented creatures. Such is the case with Brother Curry, who will decide his only recourse is to join the Holy Spirit. Because he says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live it up. This is worse than prison. I don't want to do this. And then he just like, he's like, cool, that's fine. I'll just kill you right now. Like, no, no thought process. He doesn't look conflicted at all. He's like, fine. I will take all of the real estate money and the book money. Yeah, no problem. I de- well, technically, he doesn't need him. So the oracle of death is no more. And he commits, predicts his own suicide by guillotine. If you got a guillotine. Yeah. Use that guillotine. I guess. I guess. It's, it's yeah, Chekhov's okay. guillotine. If you introduce a guillotine, you got to use it. We didn't introduce the guillotine in Act 1, though, so no. I don't know. Sloppy Chekhov. Canadian Chekhov. Canadian Chekhov. Canadian Chekhov. Mm. Did we lose Trey? No, I'm here. Okay, sorry. You just got quiet. Just checking. He doesn't think we're being very funny. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but so, yeah, so he chops his own head off, which is really dramatic, and everybody's fairly chill about all that too which is kind of amazing like, oh yeah really everyone's sick. so normal about it like oh well he's dead and that's that's confusing we gotta solve this mystery <laughs> he was he was a tortured soul yeah mm-hmm. you know perhaps if you didn't have a guillotine this wouldn't happen <laughs> wouldn't have had ideas but he now it's now now it's coming uh, brother Lacroix getting suspicious that mickey and ryan aren't who they say they are or oh, that they're they're and that they're talking about the outdoor scene after we get a uh, brother lucky charms when we scare Mickey with a spider. We learn that Mickey is afraid of spiders. Yes. Yes. Cause she's a girl in a horror thing. Oh yeah. I'm not saying the girls are afraid of spider, but this is Gross. the thing. Oh, I, she's the, uh, and it's Mickey. Uh, she's, she's <laughs> yeah. Miss satin panties in the monastery. Oh, my God. Can we talk about her sleeping vest? That's what I was going to go to because now, like, they're targeted. God created creatures, both great and small. And sometimes small ones have the power to triumph over larger ones. Such will be the unfortunate fate of brothers Matthew and Simon from Yorkshire. She gets to see the sleep, and she's in like of this full satin nighty thing, and like her hair is the pillow. <laughs> like she might as well not have a pillow. It's just all this voluminous hair, and a tarantula comes in and crawls on her and scares her. But it turns out it wasn't a big deal because oh, well, brother Lucky Charms joins us, and he goes, "Oh, not to worry. It's this kind of spider. It couldn't have killed you. Like, why do you know about all these animals?" That's oh, you know what he said? I'm playing the clip right now. He said, What a cute little Pharaoh Fawcett. To me, it sounded like, Oh, what a cute little Pharaoh Fawcett. What a cute little Pharaoh Fawcett. <laughs> I played it three times. I still hear Pharaoh Fawcett. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's just what he calls fuzzy spiders. <laughs> and then it turns out the spell didn't work right because she's under a different name. So the spell had a spider go to her 
but it wasn't poisonous. So the spell didn't know about that. But then the other people who actually had the name. Yeah, the actual bro- brothers. The monastery, they actually died. So it seems like the spell just didn't really know what the hell it was doing. We are really inconsistent with the rules of the poison pen throughout this episode. Yeah. Uh, and I really want to talk about that at the conclusion also. But also, no one seems to care that they have caused the death of two brothers in the Yorkshire monastery. They're like, ah, whatever. We were getting our object back. Uh-huh. Like, Sucks people be died because you were bad at your job. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because Sucks you just be had them. to take a shower. Oh, and had- she's like, oh, I can't wait to be a girl again. Oh, I can't wait to be a female again. What is... Th- I, uh, uh, uh. Well, the time of Brother Louis Anderson's at the people, like, mm, that's not right. Oh, yeah, bad, bad hair monk is like, aha, these people aren't who they are. I will it's only tell this one very corrupt monk. Yes. Uh, when the chase is finally on, the gig's up, and they're trying, they're trying to... There's a whole nonsense running around. Who's got the pen? Where's the pen? Who's got the pen? But they're trying to swap out the pen... Where Jack gets busted by Brother Lacroix, and Brother Lacroix pulls out oh, a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's holding the gun with the like the worst. Like he has his little crooked elbow, and I'm like, I dare you to fire that. You'll break your arm. He's holding it like a 1940s femme fatale. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you're like the tiny little one that fits in your purse. Uh, he's holding it like <laughs> Jessica Rabbit would have held, held it. But Jack looks at him and goes, Jessica Rabbit I doesn't thought- have bones and can hold a gun however she wants. Jack looks at him and goes, I thought you were meditating. But I am premeditating. <laughs> Best line of the episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then this is the whole. It all ends up with this honky dude. Like he's he's like, oh, I'm going to. I've got my pen back, and I'm going to write your death warrants right now. But he's he like, actually. Oh, oh, this piece of paper that happens to be right here on this guillotine I was just trying to murder you with will be sufficient. I will write a story about the monk who assumed someone else's identity will meet a bad fate. And then it turns out his name's already signed on it. Now it all I have to do been. is sign your names, which I could have done already when I just said this person is going to die. But now I have to sign your names and announce I'm signing your names so that you can catch me in my own trap. The imposters came to the monastery posing as monks to meet certain death. They came to remove the sacred pen from its rightful owner, but tragedy will strike and this will not be accomplished. Now, all I have to do is fill in your names. You should never write what you've already signed. Rupert, your name on the original invoice, remember? But we've never announced that those are the rules of the pen. We were always oblique about all these other monk identities when we were predicting their deaths. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. does your name have to be just on the paper and not any kind of context? That's what it seemed like. That's what it seemed okay. like. Okay, okay. They're know. like, ha-ha, your name is already signed because... Oh, you know what we didn't talk about is how uh, Jack identified his handwriting because he always writes in calligraphy. Yeah. Ugh, Jack. Yeah. 
because well, that's totally forensics. And also calligraphy is just handwriting, not something that takes five times as long for no reason. Jack's that kind of guy who has to one up everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever you do, he's oh, got something better. This episode and the last episode, we'll get into the wrap up because there's some things about the last episode I want to talk about the wrap up as well that we didn't cover. But they were going to be for Patreon people only. So. Ooh. <laughs> hey. But yes, yeah, so I mean, he... F- we get a flying guillotine blade chasing him around with ridiculous 80s animation. Oh, I love that. It's flying around the room. Like. <laughs> and it can fly, but it can't kill him. Exactly. It misses him the first time and it like lodges itself in the wall. Like, oh, well, I guess we fooled that. I wanted it. I wanted it to like make that singing sound noise, singing sword noise, and it was stuck in the wall. Like, (laughs) 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 but it's not. But it chases him down, and he's got them. Got the the, your calf's cornered by a gunpoint, and Mickey goes. It's behind you. Do you really expect me to fall for an old trick like that? He's like, you don't expect me to fall for that, do you? (laughs) Thwap. I'm thinking, why tell him? Let him die. He's trying to kill you, Mickey. The blade is doing your job for you. Mickey, shut up. Thank you. What I also love, too, is that the blade came around the corner, saw him, backed up. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta, Gotta get that extra momentum. Even even the, even the real good. Even the guillotine blade was gay in this episode. It's like, oh wait, hold on, girl. Whoa, bam! I could just come hurtling around the corner, but I'm gonna make this dramatic. You saw? Y'all see me? Y'all see me? Hold on, watch this. See, I'm doing stuff on camera now that you can't see, but it's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious! I vouch for it. It is. The problem with this episode is that we were robbed, robbed of our fashion choices. No, sleep yeah. vest. Sleep vest all the way. It has this like little halter neck and it buttons down the front. It looks like the least comfortable thing to sleep in. And not like high-waisted oh. 80s panties. Oh, my and God. The panties. That, they, 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 she was in like some Victoria's Secret. Like, like, what? I'm like, what happened if there was a fight? And he was no better, to be perfectly honest. He was in some like surfer t-shirt. And boxer yeah. shorts. I'm like, what happened if there was a fire? You guys were going to get busted anyway. You have to keep this up 24 hours, Mickey. Come on now. Neither of them is very good at what they've set out to do. So, did they do anything in this episode? Jack did all the work. I mean, Jack seriously, did what did do Mickey all the heavy do? lifting. Jack did, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What did they, they made do? things worse? They found Brother Curry the first time, and that's when Lacroix was like, "Oh, he's taken a vow of vow of silence, and he can't talk to you." Um, uh oh. But that's that's it. That's all they did. They were pretty useless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much. Yeah. Okay. They were there to complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Mickey. And for sex, yeah. for, for some sexual chemistry. <laughs> Stop it. You're related. <laughs> you are related. We have not forgot. But she didn't bring, at least she did bring up her fiancé this episode. You want to go back to Leonard? Be my guest. Roy! All I wanted to do was get married and settle down, and now I'm here. <laughs> and I still don't understand. Why can't you, why can't you get married? Well, this is the second episode. She seems to have given up her entire life to go work at the curio store, and the husband and the fiance is cool with it. Doesn't want to visit her. There's a lot of issues. This stuff, this stuff at the end of that last episode, where Jack was like, "I've always been fond of the name Curious Goods," and I'm like, "So you just kind of waltzed in, you've taken over the business, and you've decided you're living with them too, and you've, they've had no say." <laughs> it's like, and now I live here. 
know, well, and now in this episode, he's like, no. okay, there's a problem. There's a poison pen in the monastery. You guys are going in. I'm going to stay here. Bye. <laughs> I think this was Jack's plan all the time, and he just manipulated Mickey and, and, Re- and what's-his-face to do that. Jack is really good at he keeping himself out of danger, and I, I applaud him for that. He does it with a smile and charming. He's like, I'm so cute and fuzzy, and I'm adorable, and I'm huggable, and I'm just... I also guys- know better than you about everything. Oh, an <laughs> artist can always recognize his own work. Oh, I can do an accent. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And Ryan's trying to get laid, and Mickey's just whining because she wants to get married. Uh, this is this is a good group. I mean, the, the, the fashion choices were hard, but I did note that in the opening scene, Mickey was wearing a modified version of her award-winning outfit from last time. Oh, was she? She had the, Ooh, the, um, denim, the denim shirt, except it was she had taken all the bedazzled things off, and it was cut to the waist like a jacket, but it was the same blousy cut up at the top as, as the mom's, the stepmom's. Hideous. Oh. Oh, they repurposed it. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh. They repurposed Waste it. Waste not, what not. Stack, I'm just going to pick this off this corpse and make it mine. My Attagirl girl. Attagirl <laughs> girl. Oh, she had her eye the whole time. I need to take it back. And at the last possible <laughs> second, Ryan won the worst outfit award. When he's sitting there in the, in the denouement scene, he's talking about ordering food with the poison pen. And he's wearing white pants rolled up past the ankles loafers no socks orange print shirt looking like he's going to margaritaville and i'm like oh no 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 honey no No, honey no you need socks no 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 i knew guys back then when in middle school high school that was the thing not to wear socks oh i still see it now i see it now in the the finance bros they they're like it's the summer i don't need socks and i'm like you need socks (laughs) you're in a dusty old antique store you do not wear white pants Ooh, yeah, but he's not a practical thinker. He's not planning on working. Gross. Still, you're just he's sitting around, you're going to get covered in crap. It's just gross. It's gross. Gross. Okay, so for my alternate casting, mm-hmm. mine's a little, mine's a little off, offbeat, uh, gender blind. I okay. would like to see in the role of Brother LaCroix, Joanna Lumley from AbFab. Ooh. Oh. Not not doing not doing Patsy. Yeah. But just doing herself because yeah, okay. that woman can do cold. Like but, ice. Um, mm-hmm. But she's the, the fairy godmother in trick too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that woman yeah. knows that woman knows how to deliver cold and like she would be terrifying and fabulous. Yeah. I'm here for that. I've got one. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Okay, so the the monk who's writing the the curses and who ends up dying. Brother Tim Curry. Curry yeah. Ver- also known as Frank. Sure. Have Veronica Cartwright do it. Because she can do crazy and just whining like nobody else. I am so happy with that. Just her going to pieces. I, it's, like a, it's like a dungeon in here. This is worse <laughs> than me. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I mentioned my and the birds—they covered her. Ah. Oh, I love Veronica Cartwright. You can do no wrong. That'd be brilliant. I scared my. <laughs> I I'm not scared. I'm 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 pausing. I'm I'm letting you you do that as long as you want. Uh, no, I, I want to see Dom DeLuise's bed hair monk. He was already so close. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like seeing him like interacting with Muppets, doing the Mel Brooks like. <laughs> Oh, you know who the, the, the mullet hair monk reminded me of? Who? This is a deep cut, but Rick Dukeman. Who? The comedian from the... Rick Dukeman. He's a comedian from the 80s. He was in the Burbs. He looks like a frat bro who's gone to seed. 
if you looked him up, you would know how right I am. Okay. Oh, we also didn't talk about Bad Hair Monk coming back with an axe! Ah! I will be happy to change this to include you as well, Brother Drake. You're gonna burn in hell, you traitor! Oh, we, oh, yeah. We needed to establish that the show wasn't shitting on all monks, just yeah. the really bad corrupt ones. So we right. bad hair monk when he learned that Lacroix slash Rupert was full of shit and trying to, to sell the monastery for profit, came back and threatened him with a giant axe before the magic guillotine ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so he was a good monk. Yeah, it was a good, monk. Was a good monk. Some he of the monks can be good. It was a thing that we well, needed Well, there might have been a less violent way to solve that confrontation. No, I, I like axe murders. I know, so do I. But for, as far as monks go, there might have been a better choice, perhaps. You know, some meditation. Maybe eat, uh, some, maybe eat, eat some Cheetos in front of the meditation fire for a while. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I think is with the monastery with a working guillotine and the axe, OSHA is going to have a heart attack if they ever walk in there. Well, that's why you just show them into the peephole in the shower, and they're like, oh, we get it now. All right, we're well, going. That's we're why good. it's so well lit. You need to have properly lit guillotine conditions. It's per OSHA mandate. Also, the shower was all, like, fluorescent lit. Everything else is <laughs> Yeah, like, everything else is candles, and then the shower is fluorescent was and tile. <laughs> that, that was the one. <laughs> I spent all the money in the shower. I mean, that, that's and, a fair choice. And there was also a hunchback in one of the background scenes. There was a hunchback. There was a hunchback, but that was that was actually um, Brother Badhair. Um, was it? Yeah, yeah. I noticed just, that too. I went back and looked. He was like, sneaking around. Is, yeah, he was, he was sneaking around. But for some reason, I guess he's like, no one will recognize me with this hump. What hump? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all have the same outfits on, so a hump is yeah. an effort and a disguise. <laughs> it's something, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's better than the one who was walking on his knees. I miss that. I'm gonna have to go it's find. It's literally a half second. About. It's a half second. It's deep I'll take in the a background. Screenshot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just before they 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 stumble on the flagellation guy. That's a hard word to say. Flag. Flag. Yeah. No. I I got stuck on flagellation guy. I was mm. like, is he really? Oh, he is. He's going for it. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you guys listen to the episode? No. Last no. episode. Oh, see, see. There was a whole segment. I have to cut this all out. There was a whole segment. I broke in the middle, where I found this uh, uh, interview. Not interview, but it was a whole thing with um, Beauty and the Beast TV show. Oh, Linda Hamilton. Not the other one. Ron Perlman. Perlman. Yeah, he was doing an introduction for Friday the Thirteenth, the series on uh, like a sci-fi marathon, and he's just talking about stuff, and he's all like, "I, I just made a whole bit of it," but at one point he's like, "I want to watch Maya's face for this." He's like, "Do you remember a song from the '80s, which had a female voice going?" I get my kicks above the neck. That was Roby. Oh. Like, no, it wasn't. I, say that. <laughs> I get my kicks above the waistline. Sunshine. sunshine. No, it was not. No, I don't remember that. No, it was not Roby. And that's how we know Ron Perlman is straight. Oh. No, no. And there was an interview with Roby also where she in this where she had iron hair and she's just like really spacey and she's just like it was just total chaos like her life became total total chaos I'm going, are you talking about Mickey or are you talking about you because I don't know what's happening I just decided that once he said that I'm like clearly this was Uncle Lewis up to his old tricks again and they're emissaries oh, of the devil Robbie. trying to fool me 
But I just wanted to see my face, and it was totally worth it because your face just got really small. But your face just kind of sank in itself. Well, Patrick also knows that I cosplay Hellboy, and I have an affection for Ron Perlman. And well, you know what? It's not his fault. It was he was clearly reading a teleprompter. It's what was on the teleprompter. I get my kicks above the neck. What the fuck does that mean? I only get kicked in the face. I mean, I haven't been going to musical theater jazz in a while, but I used to be able to get my, my foot up here. She could throw both her legs higher. No, what, one at a time. Need to stand on one of them at least. Amateur. But one of the you things know, people Diana said, Rigg. like, where's the queer in this show? And I said, well, no, 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 so I don't know yet. But if I thought about it, I'm like, well, we have Uncle Lewis, who seems to be unmarried and is a, you know, older oh, man. A, a confirmed old bachelor is, is mm-hmm. confirmed old bachelor here, running an antique shop. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh-huh. yeah, and he wants to tell you about all the little details and how you know this means that. Mm. Yeah, and his only relation is Jack. Ooh, Jack, who taught yeah. him all this magic until all of a sudden, like, yep. he took it in a different way, and now they're not friends anymore. And they're like, oh, gosh, mm-hmm, there's the queer. <laughs> yeah, no, you found it. Yep. You found I found it. it. I found it. That's why he's he's in love with Uncle Lewis and feel like he owes him one last thing, so that's why he's helping him, uh-huh. help him out. Oh, and that's why he feels entitled to the shop. Even if they weren't exactly. married on paper, it was theirs together. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. That, that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a Voldemort, not Voldemort, but the Harry Potter oh, the, um, Dumbledore and the Johnny Depp character. Oh, okay. First off, Johnny Depp. J.K. Rowling has retconned so much like oh, woke shit into that universe. I'm sorry, you didn't know you stepped on a nerve, but there's a, no, there's a big nerve there. No, she's like, I'm oh, rolling away from the mic. And along, then write mic. it in the books. Oh, Hermione <laughs> could have been black. Then write it in the books. Yeah. Hermione <laughs> could have been black. Well, not according to the illustrations in the books. Thank you. Not according to the illustrations. Yeah. And actually, I think it's in book three or four. There is um, when describing Hermione's reaction to something that scares her, the phrase white faced is used. So shut the fuck up and sit down and use your billion of dollars for something useful. Well, mm, she like yells at Trump a lot, so I like her for that. I mean, I like that, but there's a lot of people yelling at Trump. Like, know, try harder. I know, I know, but just like, just, just <laughs> you wrote it, stick to it, stop retconning it. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Well, she could write a book with an actual person of color lead. But yeah, so that's, that's this episode. And if you want gay from this episode, hello, there's a, there's a glory hole in the goddamn shower and a monastery yep. where women are not allowed even to visit. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Come on now. Yeah. And Brother Lacroix is the gayest thing. I, I just, I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. I loved him so much. So, and he's going to be back two more times. Oh, he is? Is he? But, yeah, both him. I thought we killed him. Actually, all, th- all three of the brothers are back in other episodes as different people. Oh, I love oh, when actors? shows do that. Because there's only six actors in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, well, uh, we've, we've gone through them all. Can you come back? We'll give you a wig. I promise. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. You're in a wig. <laughs> Like on Star Trek, they just make him into a different alien. I can do an accent. On this. <laughs> so can Brother Jack. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Sometimes Uncle Lewis Does Dreadful Things. Maya, what you got going on? Anything cool? 
Um, I can't announce anything right now, but everyone should keep an eye on the social media for Brooklyn Theater Club. We're going to do a show in December, and it's going to be fun. We are hanging with bated breath. It's always suspenseful with you, Maya, and I'm sure Trey's like, I didn't know I had chili. Secret secrets I had are lots of ch- fun. Chili with no vegetables in it. I'm no, what, you got anything cool going on, Trey? No. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm not an actor. That. I'm not an actor. I don't have anything to plug. Well, you might have you're gonna live to plug just cool things in life, Trey. Anything cool happening okay, okay. in life? <laughs> I do. I do. God, you got what, what? What'd you do this weekend, Trey? I went to see Nightmare on Elm Street at the Alamo Draft House. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, they're they're doing a horror movie film festival the first year this Thursday through Sunday. So I'm going to that. Nice. 18 different movies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some direct. I think it's um, the Lodge is going to be the showcase one. The Lodge. The upcoming movie. The Lodge. Is that the British it's, one? Uh, no, it's about a woman snowbound in a cabin with her two stepchildren who hate her, and things get really dark. Cool. Though they're also doing one called Porno about a Christian movie theater. That's a hoot. I've seen that. Yeah. Have you? Okay, for showing that. Yeah, Fangoria did a screening um, of that. It's fun. And they're, um, David isn't real. Don't know that. But a boy who's his imaginary boyfriend or his imaginary friend comes to life when he's an adult and starts to... Screw stuff There's up. There's been a Patrick, whole bunch of those lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm so, excited for Jojo Rabbit, like everyone else is. But it started mm. when there were a few detective stories where, like, they were hallucinating their partner who died in some tragic miscommunication. Yeah. What, um, yeah. what, what was that movie from the '80s that did that? It's not Right Side Fred. It's something like that. Drop no. Oh, Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Yeah. Drop Dead Fred. Right Side yeah. Fred. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> Well, Patrick, do you listen to um, How Did This Get Made? Of course I do. They did an episode on Drop Dead Fred that was their most contentious episode. I actually... Because two of them loved the movie and two hated it. I haven't um, I haven't seen Drop Dead Fred since the 80s, so I would I skipped that one because I don't know it that it's, well. But. You need to listen to it. Right. It's, it's right. fantastic. So we're plugging other shows now. And, of course, starting this Thursday is the Countdown to Halloween Potathon here on Scream Queens. So, yeah, Yay. 15 shows in 15 days. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be crazy. Watch Patrick go crazy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We've already got $300 in donations, and I just put the thing up today. Oh, nice. Good. Yes. Good job. 2300 to go. All right. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> me this month, and um, maybe we'll meet again next month, unless, of course, you know, on the off chance that Uncle Lewis behaves himself. But really, what are the odds of that? Because that. I know he hasn't, like because it. next time we're going to be talking about A Cup of Time, Episode 3. That's a good one. Rock and roll and getting old. And I like vines. one of those. And tea. I like one of those things. And tea. Tea, tea is good. Not tea. Not not in this version. No. No. Don't drink. Oh, don't, never drink mind. don't drink. Take don't drink. Don't drink the tea. All right. Thank Take you very much for joining me. So it is with that I bid my beloved shopkeepers Maya Murphy and Trey Dean a safe and uneventful night. And to you, my beloved listeners, hey. If you're enjoying the show, let us know. Give me a call at 917-720-2047 or leave messages down here on the Patreon board. We'll read them out on the show. We want to, I want some input. I want to know what's going on. What do you think of these episodes? What do you think of Friday the 13th, this series? If you've got an idea on what we could do to make this show better, let me know. I'm all open to all kinds of, all kinds of, all kinds of things is what I'm saying. I'm just open to your opinion because you guys rock. Thank you for supporting Scream Queens overall. Thank you for being a patron, and I hope that you're enjoying this all the way down to the core. It's going to be so much fun doing this. And hey, if you're planning on playing along at home, you need the DVD box set of Friday the 13th, the series, because most of the episodes have now been pulled from YouTube. So there's no place for you to watch them. And what better place 
for you to pick up that DVD box set of Friday the 13th, the series, is using that Scream Queen's Amazon affiliate link that's right down there in the show notes. Use it, support the show even more, and get to play along at home for the rest of the series. It's a good use of your time and of your money. Yeah. And I hope that you are ready for the potathon, kids, because it's going to get crazy. And of course, since you're Patreon folk, you're going to be getting all kinds of inside details of what went on when the mics weren't supposed to be on when I was recording those sessions and things that were too too scandalous for the main airwaves. You're going to get them right here on Patreon. So thank you for being a part of that. So until next time, kids, don't buy any antiques. Just don't. Just don't. It's a bad idea. Cursed or not, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Just why why even take the chance? Just 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 stay home and listen to podcasts. Because this particular curio shop is now officially closed. Have a safe and pleasant evening. Good night. And so, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, I think it just might be safe to say that we have managed to navigate the final Friday the 13th in 2020 without any casualties. Yay! 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 Although 2020 has been the kind of year that it wouldn't surprise me that they just announced, oh, by the way, December is all Friday the 13th, 31 of them. Enjoy them. Bye! And on the surface, you might be thinking, that would be awesome. And I'm just thinking, nope. Nope, nope. 31 spectaculars, go fuck yourself. No, I don't love you that much. <laughs> I don't love anybody that much. Okay, so I want to say every... Before we wrap things up, I want to say thank you to my fellow shopkeepers over there at the very curious curio shop, Maya Murphy and Trey Dean, killing it as they are every month. When we decide to tackle another episode of Friday the 13th of the series, because, you know... On the regular show, you gotta have to wait till Friday the 13th comes up on the calendar together to get a Friday the 13th spectacular. But you see, when you're over on Patreon, every month has got a Friday in it. And it's also got a 13 in it. So why not make every month spectacular? I realize that some of you might not be familiar with what I'm talking about when I keep saying Patreon. Patreon, Patreon, is it just making up words? I do frequently, but not at the moment. No. Patreon is a platform that helps artists get paid for a change. All different kinds of artists. It's not just podcasters. It's um, recording artists and, and painters, sculptors, singers, writers, uh, technicians, all kinds of people who put their heart and soul into what they do and mm, tend not to make enough money to support themselves on it. And Patreon helps with that. How do they do that? Well... When you join Patreon, you find the artists that you like and you figure out a small monthly pledge to make them. It might be a dollar, it might be two dollars, it might be five dollars, it might be twenty dollars a month. But when you get a bunch of people doing that together and over time, you can see some really positive results. And I have seen some positive results. And not only have I seen the positive results that my Patreon subscribers have had on the show, you've been hearing them. Just about every technical advance in the past two years on the show has been courtesy of my patron. This new upgrade that I'm getting to a new website, that is courtesy of the patrons. This fancy new microphone that I still love very much. My new editing software. 
all these little things working together to make the show better. And it's thanks to all of you. Now, I know some communities out there, they're very, you know, they're very active and very chatty and everybody's, you know, involved in every post all the time. No. My folks are cooler than that. Just like, we're good. We're good. Just, yeah. Just go take this and do what you got to do. All right. That's cool. I like to play it on the down low a little bit. A little bit of DL going on with my PTs. Yeah, now I'm just making up letters. You're worried about me making up words before now it's letters. But, and since my particular group of fabulous super screamers tend to be on the quiet side, tend to be more reserved, they're probably quite happy that I'm not always busting out, thanking them by name, Episode after episode after episode. Probably just like, oh, God, Patrick. Okay, just take the money and shut up. Most of them would probably be absolutely mortified if I started doing stuff like that. Like, I mean, Doug Shapiro's a patron. He's not going to be embarrassed if I do anything. That man cannot be embarrassed. Neither is Brian Polk. But, you know, you get people like Wendy Collier. Wendy Collier, who I've told this to when I've seen her online. Anytime I post anything, Wendy's always like the first I like it and the first to share and that has not gone unnoticed, and so it doesn't surprise me that she is up here in the Super Screamer ranks, making the show cooler for everybody. And you've got people whose names you might recognize, you know, because they might have called into the show or been referenced on the show. Like, like for instance, if you knew that Dave Woody was a patron, you might come flocking and be like, holy shit, Dave Woody supports the show? I've got to give this show some money, too. On the other hand, you might go, oh shit, Dave Woody supports this? I'm the fuck, get me the fuck out of here. By the way, Dave Woody supports the show and is fabulous. Mikey from North Carolina used to call in all the time. Mikey and I used to listen to Armchair Survivor, and I used to call up and make fun of Michael Carino, the host, all the time. Sometimes as me, sometimes as Conchita Hassenpfeffer, who for the most part, you people have not been, <laughs> you have not had Conchita Hassenpfeffer inflicted on you. But Michael Warren didn't. He came and listened to the show anyway. And now he's a patron. Now, I don't want you to worry because I'm not going to be going down the entire list of everybody who's a patron and thanking them individually because we'd be here all night. But I just also would just like to recognize, let the people know, my quiet folks out there, that I see you, okay? Like, you got people... A lot of these names I recognize. I see them on social media all the time. We interact fairly regularly, but there are a few of them I've never interacted with at all. And yet there they are, year after year after year after year, standing up and giving this constant silent support. And they're all shitting in their pants right now going, oh, Patrick, please, please don't. Please don't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to all of you. I'm just going to mention people like Roger Jimenez or uh, James Dalmont. Thank you, quiet guys. I see you, and you are recognized, and you are fabulous. Now, all the rest of you I didn't mention, can I can breathe? You can breathe easy now. I think I've given heart attacks to enough of my patrons for one show. This special show is a thank you to them. But, Patrick, what else goes on over there? Well, I'm not an artist in any other way. Like, yes, I'm a performing artist. What am I going to do? Do monologues for them? They'd be like, oh, God, yeah, nah. uh that's good. No, thanks. So I just give them mini bits of what I do over here, but more focused, more streamlined, more exclusive. Stuff that you get on Stitcher Premium. That kind of thing. So when I'm not talking about Friday the 13th of the series, what I'm giving my patrons in normal situations, I'm telling them the day before a movie opens whether or not they should see it. 
and then I don't talk about it here on the show. Oh, snap. Is that a diss to you guys in the regular show? Absolutely not. Ball patronage has its perks. Of course, uh, COVID has put a bit of a wrinkle in that since I don't go to the theaters anymore because nobody goes to the theaters anymore. But we've adapted. There's a whole series of movies that you are never going to hear about over here. They know whether they should be wasting their precious, precious quarantine hours. Am I going to want the precious two hours that I wasted watching this movie out of this 65,000 hour week? For instance, they got my inside scoop of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Now, you know I love Mike Flanagan. I talk about that openly on the show all the time. But did I like The Haunting of Bly Manor? And if not, why couldn't I stop ranting for 10 minutes? Well, you're not going to find out about it here on the show. you got to become a patron. So everything I do over there is a thank you to help keep this show moving and growing and getting me to learn new things so I can grow along with it. Because I do want to say this as well. Yes, I'm talking about how the money from Patreon has helped the show. But in the early days of the crisis, there was a good four or five weeks where money and food became a serious issue. And if I did not have my patrons, I would have been up shit's creek. So while I would love to tempt you with all this fabulous entertainment that's hiding behind the paywall of Patreon, I also kind of, I also want to plug in your heartstrings of it too, because artists, as a rule, do not get paid for the amount of work that we do. And it's a lovely way to say thank you without breaking your bank either. That's all I'm going to say about it. So if you want to become a patron, please do. You can do that by going over to www.patreon.com slash queens and pick a tier. You can become a patron for as little as two bucks a month. That's $12 a year. That's less than a movie ticket. So if you want to be cool like my Super Screamers, now you know how to do it. The link is right down there in the show notes. Please investigate it if that's something that you're interested in doing. And I hope that you are. Okay, so what's going on for the rest of November? Okay, so yes, everything that I planned is still going on. Yes, the election turned out the best way possible. But I didn't know that going in. So we're soft-pedaling a bit. We're doing some horror-adjacent things, and I have already recorded a session with Josh and Liz from Bloody Date Night talking about Abney Costello's rather fabulous ghostly comedy, The Time of Our Li- The Time of Their Lives. And if you've not seen that, you can check it out on YouTube in its entirety for free. I screened that a while back at one of the double screenings. Actually, yeah, one of the first pandemic Saturday double features where I wanted to do about Happy, happy, fun, light movies. Because everything was so bad, that was one of the ones I showed. And it got a huge response. And it meant a lot to me because it is one of my favorite movies. It is so ingrained into who I am. And yet it's such a little scene movie that it, it was, it did this all hard good to see people respond to it so well. So you now you know where to find it. And then after that, uh, Matt Knife and his hubby cubby. They're going to be back. Remember they were on for Witchboard? Well, they're going to be back to talk about the Clash of the Titans, the original version from 1981 with Harry Hamlin, Maggie Smith, a robot owl, Medusa with her crazy snake hair, and lots of men in loincloths. Yay! Horror Jason, and also just a little bit slazy. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, 
That's what's going on for the rest of November. Uh, since the Friday the 13th Spectacular was a surprise, I'm putting the episodes out a little more quickly than usual. It's not going to be the two-week break. But you'll figure it out when we get there, because I just got to get over to this fucking hurdle first. All right, so that's all we got to say this time. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. We're past the bad shit now, right? We can start making it creepy again now. Okay, yeah, just a little bit creepier around there. Just continue to make the world a slightly creepier place. And never, ever, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Share black stories. Respect the shit out of each other. And never forget for a second that I love you. I do. Bye. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.